Hello guys, David Voth here. Well, it's a beautiful day here in Alabama. It's actually quite late. I'm getting a real late start. It's actually starting to get dark outside, but I wanted to quickly jump on here and discuss a little bit with you guys about the tribe of Dan, the Antichrist, the tribe of Judah, um, Japheth, one of the three sons of Noah. All of this has a connection. We've been talking about how Anu, the deity, the father Anu, was Noah. And just as Noah had three sons, he divided up the world. So Anu had three sons who divided up the world. And Kronos bit his father Uranus, or Noah. Kronos's ham bit the genitals off. Is this an idiom for something to do with this birthright, usurping a birthright. So that's the story. And so Shem and Ham then would be at odds with each other, Set and Osiris, and all of these things. We were talking about how Dan would be a serpent, by the way, that he would go north, that he would leave in ships, that he conquered Laish and renamed it Dan. Today we look at that and it says Sidan. So Sidan was named after Dan. There's another place where Dan goes, Luash, and that's further north. And he names that after himself. And we find in history that that is named after him. He also named the Jordan, which is comes from the original word Jardanos. And also remember that we had talked about when the children of Israel were down in Egypt. Before Moses led them out, there was another exodus. And the Greeks speak of this as how they got there. Troy and all of this and all the way up to Ireland was from the Tuatha de Danon, which was the Danon that they were a part of was from Danus, who was the son of Zerah, the son of Judah. Now, some have tried to say that this Tuatha de Dan is the tribe of Dan, but it's very clear in history that it's a tribe of Judah. However, we're going to show you that Judah and Dan had a specific pact. They were together. They spent, they, they joined together and many of the Judeans went with Dan and they took Judaism and they took Moses' son Gershom and they took Micah's idol and they set it up. And they made a Judaistic religion, not any more idolatrous than the original Judaism. Judaism, Because remember, the children of Israel at the Mount of Sinai had made the golden cap. So this is kind of the same thing. They've, anything that stems from this man-made Judaism, these religions from Yahweh, from the Aaronic priesthood, is a lower carnal form of government and religion. And it seems that that went with Dan. And remember also, and this is just a few things that we're going to talk about. We're going to explain some of the answers to some of the questions I'm giving you here. One of the things we, we talked about is that Dan went north and took over Transylvania, Bohemia, Bavaria, and all of this Sweden, Denmark, London, the Danube, the Dinister, the Donbass, all of these areas. And yet, this area would be the land of Japheth. We've said also, we've shown, proven, that Japheth is the Hebrew way of saying the Greek Poseidon. We also pointed out that Poseidon has a Dan in it. And there's a reason. We're going to find that Japheth is really the first part, Ipsa, and the last part is Dan. So Dan and Japheth actually somehow unite. And they, it's like a trifecta because there's a lot of the Judeans and some of the Levites that went with them. And they are the ones that now make up the European peoples that were of the Gentiles or of Japheth but now are ruled and taken over because Dan went with his ships and took over Laish and everywhere he went, he would conquer them. And this is 
what the Bible is giving us to show us that Dan conquered these people of Japheth. Now, he married their daughters. And this is probably why the Bible talks about the sons of God marrying the daughters of men and this kind of thing. And we're going to get into all of this. But there is this sort of marriage alliance between Japheth and Judah, some of the Levites, and Dan. And so Poseidon is from Japheth. And remember, Poseidon, or I should say Japheth, in the Bible has Gog of Magog. Well, um, there is an Og, king of Bashan, that Moses defeats, which is this great giant, the, the, the last remaining of the Rephaim, or the, of the large Nephilim, the son of Anakin. And there's a whole bunch that we're going to talk about with that, how this is also intermingled with these giants of the Nephilim. And so whatever this these European peoples, whatever their heritage, whether it be Dan or Judah, because there was a connection between both of them. So so now we've got the Tawatha Didanan is a tribe of Judah who went to Ireland and became the king of Ireland and then Scotland and then Britain. So the ruling lineal descendants that sit upon the throne of Britain are from Judah. Because only the royal line can rule. The scepter will not depart from Judah until he who comes who has a legal right. However, Dan shall leave a trail, the serpent's trail. He'll bite at the horse's heel. The horse is going north. And so there's a bunch of prophecies that we'll talk about there. So there's this combination. Poseidon, and what we're trying to do is show why there is this unity between Dan and Poseidon and the Judean. Because Judah married Dan. And there's another prophecy. It says of Dan, he shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. Why would he judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel? I mean, don't we know that he's one of the tribes of Israel? There's quite a few verses in the Old Testament that seem to indicate, too, that it wasn't certain that Dan was a part of Israel because he left. So Deborah, when they had this big war, the mother of Israel, with Gideon and Jephthah and all these people were having this great war with the Midianites and the Hittites and the Amorites. And they all went to fight, but Dan wasn't there. And, and Deborah asked the question, why did Dan remain on ships? You see, Dan was always a little different. He was always on these ships. And there's other places in the Bible that talks about Dan being a merchant of Tyre. And Tyre is, according to Ezekiel chapter 28, whoever is the king of Tyre would be this devil, this giant. Now we know that Poseidon had Gog of Magog, but in the uh, Poseidon stories, Poseidon also has a his last son, which is Gog and Magog. So we know that, this, that, that, that Japheth or Poseidon, the, the deity of the sea, or, you know, who got the, the isles of the sea, like Japheth did, we know that their last son was this Gog of Magog, and they are, there's ten kids, they are the titans, these are these giants, these are these sort of demigods, Poseidon is then a god, why? Because Noah and his three sons and their three wives and his wife were considered gods, and they were the Anu Naki, Ki is the earth and Anu is the heaven, and and it was Noah and his wife, Ki or Tiamat or Neama in our Bible. And so these ten children of Japheth are these titans. Well, now they end up having relations with Dan. And one of their kids is Samson. It tells you that Samson's mother was Judean. And his father was from Dan. So here Dan and Judah have a child which is this hero called Samson. In the Greek mythologies this hero that we call Samson is um, Atlas. Atlas holds up the world. The strong man, right? Samson was the strong man. He held up the world. Atlas is the word is, the, is this fallen 
giant that takes over the world, a, a, a titan or something, that has something to do with Atlantis, because Atlantis is named after Atlas. So there's a lot we're going to talk about. The tribe of Dan was the most populous of the of the tribes. Uh, it says in the Bible in Numbers that there were 62,700 males between the ages of 20 and 60, apart from women and children. Now, there was a son of Dan who was called Hushem. In Genesis 46, Hushem comes along and generates a tribe, a Danite clan known as the Shushami. In Numbers 26, it tells you. There's quite a bit of contradictory uh, Jewish midrash statements about Dan. One source in the Talmud says that all the children of Dan were idolaters. And it also says that Dan received the north side where the darkness comes. Okay, the north where the darkness comes. So in the midrash, it, it says, like we said, that Samson, his mother was Jew from Judah, and his father was from Dan. So interestingly enough, there are rabbis who teach that the Antichrist will come from someone who has a mother from Judah and a father from Dan, which is very interesting because King Charles admits that his lineage is from Vlad the Impaler, which goes down back to the Bavarian area where Dan settled. We can trace then fairly easily that at some point the lineal kingship up in Britain was originally of Judah, but at some point there was this Bavarian connection, probably through the Rothschilds, because Nathan Rothschild did end somehow uh, an affair with Queen Victoria, and this is how they got their bloodline mixed. But the mother of Dan, see, was Billa. We talked about that the other day. Billa was a concubine of, of Jacob. And there's a lot of scriptures and Midrash and stuff like this that talk about Billa, that she looked exactly like Rachel. And Billa, as we know, was the concubine of Rachel, not Leah. And all of the extra-biblical midrash and other things that we have available tells us, the rabbis tell us that Billa looked exactly like Rachel and was of the same race. And Billa bore Dan and Naphtali. And we saw that up in Russia there are old maps with Naphtali and Dan together over by Mongolia. They became the Mongolians and they conquered that whole area in China. They took Beijing, they took Iraq, they came back through Persia and swept the world and then went to Transylvania up in Bavaria and stayed there. Okay, they made their headquarters in Sweden, which is probably the same word, just different pronunciation as they originally called themselves at Sedan, just south of Tyre. So Naphtali is probably always because they are of they 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 look so much alike because they have the same mother, and so they also would look exactly like a lot of the other tribes, like Joseph or Manasseh or Ephraim, because they also were from Rachel, and Rachel looked exactly like Villa. So it would be difficult to tell them apart. We can pretty much say that Dan was a white person. Now we know that Ephraim is not white because Joseph married Sechem's daughter. Sechem was of this Canaanite lineage. And so Joseph then married into this higher priesthood from Canaan that, as we've said, goes all the way back to this Malak or Molech or Melchizedek. So, Samson was from the tribe of Dan. Samson was a super strong hero, kind of like Hercules, which is also the same as Atlas, in a sense. 
Hercules may have been a son of Atlas, but he becomes, Samson then is like the prototype for Hercules. So what we're going to find is that everything that the Greeks talk about, like Anu and his three sons, we've got it in our Bible, Noah and his three sons. And so Samson, if he is Hercules, how could that be? Because Samson's from Jacob, whereas Japheth is one of the three sons of Noah that lived before Jacob. And if all the inheritance of the world belongs to Jacob and his 12 kids, or the 72 souls that came out of Jacob's loins, then how does the rest of the nations get their inheritance? Well, each of the nations get their inheritance in Jacob and his children. And so this is why the Apostle Paul says that the promise was to Abraham was unto his seed and not to many, but as to one, which is Christ. So we all get our inheritance in Christ. In the beginning, the tribe of Dan received an inheritance around the area around Joppa, today Tel Aviv or Jaffa. Most of the inheritance of Dan in the south was lost by the Amorites or the Philistines, and Ephraim and Judah went back into that area, but Dan didn't go back in there. He went somewhere else. And so it says, The Amorites forced the children of Dan into the mountain, for they would not suffer them to come down into the valley. But the Amorites would dwell in the Mount Heres, or Agilon, and Shalbim. Yet the hand of the house of Joseph prevailed, so that they became tributaries. So Joseph, or his sons Ephraim and Manasseh, took that area. But Dan didn't go back. So that was Dan then in the south, and they were unable to conquer that territory. So it says that they, uh, that was the, where they were originally allotted land. So it says they went north. So the Danites went from the south northward and they conquered a place called the Shem in Joshua chapter 19. And they renamed it Dan. Well, as I've said, today we call it Sidan. So we know that that is what it means that Sidan is actually, the last part of Sidan is named from Dan. So we've got a lot of stuff now. We've got Poseidon being somebody who has a child that has something to do with Atlantis. And supposedly Atlantis is for the flood. And yet Noah goes through the flood and he has these three kids. Well, as we said the other day, Noah was 600 years old when the flood came. So he lived for 600 years before the flood. And Noah is where we get this word Anunnaki or An 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 Anak from Anu and Ki, his wife. Well, his three kids were at least a hundred years before the flood came. They lived a hundred years. Well, also as we, and we're going to show evidence for what I'm about to say here. A lot of what we have in the Bible is coded. So where our Bible would say 900 years, it could mean something like 9,000 or 90,000 years or even 900,000 years. But they coded it. Much of the Bible is written in parables and codes. They didn't change anything. They would simply use codes in certain places. So one of the things we've been talking about then is these Nephilim or these giants. As we said the other day, another word for these giants or these Nephilim, is watchers. One of the words is this Ajiji. We talk about these Gigi or Gigi. We don't know who those are. Well, here's another possibility. In the Slavic book of Enoch, the word for watcher is Gregory. Egegori or something like this. It, it's very similar to Egi. Well, it's something like awake those who, who, are, who are watching and awake. Well, what are these watchers? They're definitely a thing because the book of Daniel doesn't just mention a watcher who came down from heaven and chopped down this tree or the, 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 the tree of life for the world. But it says it was a decree from the watchers. So the watchers in Daniel are good. But who could they be, the watchers? Well, this is going to really help 
to understand what this is all about. Remember, who are these things? They're giants. What, what are they really talking about? We now find out that the original deities, like Tiamat is some sort of ocean or seven continents or the seven planets. So, Anu means heaven. Heaven and earth get together and have kids. Before that, they have a, a, a deity that is the very first deity, so like chaos and stuff. So these are these are personifications of something. They're the first beings. The Bible is actually teaching an evolutionary process, and the source of everything is just the ultimate dark chaos. And there is certain things that are inside of man. All of these pleroma, the fullness of all these powers that are in man. So Jesus is the highest deity. In reality, because Jesus in him dwelleth bodily the Poroma or all of these deities. So originally these great giants then were the astrological animals or deities that surround and go around the star, you know, go around the earth. It's the stars. And so there was these, the highest seven that were called the seven archangels. This has to do with arc or archons. They ruled. And there were 12, and there were 24, and there were 72, because that's how many deacons are in astrology. So this is what these were. Now, another way you can, you, you, today we have like a word, we call it clock. We say it's a clock. And a clock has 12, how, 12 hours, okay? But in astrology, there are 12 houses. And there is an astrological time, and there is, different types of time. You have 12 months in a year. So, this idea of 12, 7, 360 degrees is this grand circle of time. The evolution of the world. And all these little gods rule in their turn and the council around the round table. And so, sometimes we don't use the word clock. We use the word watch. Why? Because there are those who watch. They go out to watch at a certain time. They are the watchers. Now, in the days of Jesus, they would have three watches. They would have a night watch, a day watch, and then a mid watch. And each of these watches were eight hours. So that's eight times three is 24. There's 24 hours no matter how you look at it. So watchers were those who were in charge of the circle. These were the astrological deities. And so when you say watchers, you're really saying kind of the same thing as all of these uh, 70 deities that rule the world. So we call it a clock, but there are other names to it. One of the words we use is watch, but usually we, we say that for the ones we put on our wrist. But a, a watch is the same as a clock. The reason that we have the word watch is because that's what they would do at certain times when the hands would go around, they would go and they would watch. They were night guards or day guards or mid guard. And they went to watch. How is it that they rule like Deuteronomy 32.8 that says each of the nations get their own deity and there were 72? How do they rule over these nations? Because everybody who's born into a certain sign are ruled over by that sign. Today we just say it's a sign, but it, they were considered deities. They're powers. Today we think of the word deity as some being, some person. That's an anthropomorphic, that's idolatry. Yahweh's like Odin, Adonai, Odan. This was idolatry. This was false worship. So there are two priesthoods, the higher Melchizedek priesthood that went into all the world, were scattered with the children of Israel. And they had the prophets and they went and they made Buddhism and Shintoism and Hinduism and all the different, you know, Mayan, Egyptian, Sumerian, all the religions of the world. But this one religion is also kind of in all the world, taken there by the tribe of Dan, because he took Judaism with him and he, he took Judaism all around the world. And they were a very carnal nature minded government thing that with warriors and they conquered and defeated the world and colonized it, beat it down. And until the time arrived that human beings could 
advance to a place of love and understanding and wisdom and throw out this defilement, this Judaism. But, so the watchers then are these astrological signs that rule over the world. So the scriptures tell us that the watchers came to the earth in some way or another, or took dominion, shall we say, at some particular appointed time in the vast history of the world. And it says in Genesis, it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of the divine saw the daughters of men, that they were fair and they took them wives, all of which they chose. And said. Then it's supposedly we have these titans, demi-deities, hybrids. And it says in Genesis, after that, when the sons of the divine one came to the daughters of men, they bare children to them and they became mighty men, giborim, which were of old men of renown. Daniel says, and they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men in the latter days. There will be a great statue. Now remember, originally there's a great tree and all the birds of, of the heavens or the sky rested on its boughs. They took refuge and all the animals took refuge under the tree and the treetop went all the way into heaven and had the blessing of the Most High. But the watchers, by decree of the watchers and by the word of the angels that must take place, they cut down the tree or the right to reign from the Most High. And they took on the nature of beasts. And of course, these beasts are lions, leopards, bears. This is the astrological animals. And that nature is in humans. So human beings with the, divine, with the, the, with the lowered carnal animalistic nature then began to rule. We became ravenous because we began to eat meat. And so this great beast, which is also understood as a statue, with a head of gold all the way down to the iron, and then the little toes, ten toes made of iron and clay, says they will, they'll mix them see themselves with the seed of men. So it's some sort of a giant uh, malfunction. There are six fingers, six toes. It's something not quite right. And Daniel chapter 4 says that Nebuchadnezzar saw in his vision on his bed a watcher, a holy one came down from heaven. So they're not always bad. In this case, this watcher was a good one. Because we have, according to our book, we call the Revelation, around our Heavenly Father's throne, we have other animals that are called living creatures. And they always say, holy, holy, holy. They're not evil at all. And so Daniel says, this matter is by decree of the watchers, the aggregari, and demand by the word of the holy ones to the intent that the living may know that the Most High, El Elyon, ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he willeth, setteth up over it the basest of men. Interesting that the word basest is similar to the word beast. And it says there in the text that, that they set beasts up over the earth. And Ezra chapter 9 continues with this theme. It says, For they have taken of their daughters for themselves and for their sons so that the holy seed has mingled themselves with the people of the land. Now we see a mingling, but it's the holy seed. Those who were anointed, who had the blessing of that holy anointing oil from the tree. And these are the ones that are mingling themselves with the people. So Enoch says, and the watchers shall quake and great fear and trembling shall seize upon them at the latter day. So, it says, And it came to pass, when the children of men had multiplied in those days, when born unto them beautiful and com comely daughters, and the angels, well, that word is melech. Now, it's very interesting. There's a lot of these words they don't want you to know. They'll, they'll have all kinds of different meanings. Melech can be translated angel. We're told as Christians it just means a messenger. Anybody could be a messenger. It doesn't have to be a messenger from heaven. It could be a priest 
coming from the temple who's a messenger or an angel from from the head priest or something. And it's also, Melech is this thing we call Molech, which they translate, they don't, they don't want you to know what this Molech is. So they, oh, it just means king. Well, I thought it meant angel, right? I thought it meant a messenger, but now it means a king. Well, it's a particular person who has a priesthood, the Melchizedek priesthood. And they are of divine origin and they have the, that's that tree that was chopped down. It's not going to be in the earth for a long period of time. And so they are the children of the divine being. And it says, the children of uh, men multiplied in those days were born unto them, beautiful and comely. And the angels or the Melech or the Molech, the children of heaven, see that just means the mind, the higher, the higher nature, they saw and lusted after them and said to one another, Come, let us choose us wives from among the children of men and begat us children. And Shemjaza, who was their leader, said unto them, I fear ye will not indeed agree to do this deed, and I alone shall have to pay the penalty of this great sin. And they all answered him and said, Let us swear an oath and all bind ourselves by the mutual imprecations not to abandon this plan, but to do this thing. Then swear they all together and bound themselves by mutual imprecations upon it. And they were in all 200. Well now, you know, I've talked about this in the past, but there's another idea here. One translation says 200 legions. We have this problem. Remember I said that the Bible sometimes, it doesn't like, take something out of the Bible or change it, except that they'll just put a code word there for the real thing. So instead of 900 years that they lived, it might have been 900,000 years, but they don't want us to know that these were the divine beings, not just mere human beings. They don't want you to understand today why we only live 70 years. It's because we're eating meat and we're killing one another and we're going by this carnal commandments. So here's another place. Instead of telling you just how many people there were, they just put 200. But they're really 200 legions, and it could be as many as maybe 2 million or more. Now, there's another place where it says 300, so we're not quite sure. But these 200 props, 2 million, descended in the days of Jared on the Mount of Mount Hermon. And they called it Mount Hermon because they had sworn and bound themselves by mutual imprecations upon it. And these are the names of their leaders. Simjaza, their leader. Arakiba, Ramil, Kokobil, Tamil, Ramiel, Daniel, Ezekiel, Baraquel, Asael, Araman, you know, all these names. And that's in the book of Enoch, I think, chapter 6. And it says, All the others took with them wives, and each chose for himself one. And they began to go in unto them and to defile themselves with them. Remember, why why is it a defilement? How could some species that's not even the same size as humans, some giants that are like, sometimes we think they're like 15, 13, 16 feet tall or something, but that's in our Bible. It it dwarfs the size and the ages and it, it's trying to make it more realistic that these deities is just some man named Noah. Now, either it really was a man named Noah and he really only lived 900 years, or our Bible is coding it and its types and its shadows and it's not giving us the larger picture. So, not just 200, but 2 million. So here we have that they defiled themselves with having relations with women. How do you defile yourself? If you can have a relation with a woman, the only way it could be defiled is if something is clean or pure, and you defy yourself with something that's dirty. Now, or, you know, impure. Now, we know that that word to be defiled has a lot to do with the temple. The temple had the three courts. The holy, most holy, which was supposed to always be undefiled. And the outer court, which is the court of the Gentiles. They were considered unclean. So you wouldn't want anything that's undefiled to get together with that which is supposed to be pure. So the high priest wore 
white garments, couldn't be any stains or spots, and he had to be absolutely sinless and perfect, and he had to be washed and baptized, and they had to make sacrifices to atone for anything he might have done or whatever. And so it, it represented that, that this was something very, very pure, and that would, in the, the larger scheme of things, would be the divine uh, guidance or approval. And that's that grand tree and the top of which reached into heaven and had the Most High's blessing. So if these individuals were of the Melchizedek priesthood, they would be considered sons of the Most High because the Most High is the one who came with Melchizedek and that was the Most High priesthood. So they defiled themselves with these women and taught men charms and enchantments and the cutting of roots and made them acquainted with plants and they became pregnant and they bear great giants. So, there's two or three things different going on here. As we've said, there's many layers. This is esoteric wisdom and it's also relating a real story. The real story is our history with Noah and his children. And so, the giants then were more like heroes or they were advanced in knowledge and could do great things. Certain individuals were considered just slaves. And they were the unclean. So, they ended up becoming pregnant with these others. Then they were demigods. And they bear great giants whose height was 3,000 L's. And that's pretty big, not just 16 feet. Who consumed all the acquisitions of men. You can tell this is a parable, can't you? Because humans can't get that tall or that big and they couldn't consume all of the acquisitions of men. And when men could no longer sustain them, the giants turned against them and devoured mankind. And they began to sin against the birds and beasts and reptiles and fish and to devour one another and devour one another's flesh and to drink their blood. And the earth laid an accusation against the lawless one. Now here is this phrase that we have in the New Testament, the lawless one, the man of sin who must be revealed. Who is he? Well, here he is being talked about as one who eats flesh of the days gone by. And Azazel taught men to make swords and knives and shields and breastplates, which is war, and made known to them the metals of the earth and the working of them and the bracelets and the ornaments and the use of antonomy. In other words, to be in secret, like these secret societies. And the beautifying of the eyelids, like makeup that women wear, they have the harlots that they would lure the men in, and all kinds of costly stones and all coloring tinctures. And there arose much godlessness. And they committed fornication. And they were led astray. Fornication, by the way, means slavery, enslaving women. And they became corrupt in all their ways. And Chimjaza taught enchantments and root cuttings, armaros, resolving of enchantments. And Baraquial taught astrology, Cocabel, the constellations, Ezekiel, the knowledge of clouds, Ariaquil, the signs of the earth, Shamsiel, the signs of the sun, and Seriel, the course of the moon. And as men perished, they cried and they were, and they, and their cry went up into heaven. For in his days, the angels of the Lord descended, the messengers descended on the earth. Remember, the word earth is the same word as land or the land or the, the country, the people. So in this particular time, these messengers of the Lord descended upon this land those who are named the watchers that they should instruct the children of men and that they should do judgment and uprightness in the earth. And that's in the book of Jubilees, chapter 4. And so in the twelfth Jubilee, in the seventh week thereof, Enoch took to himself a wife, and her name was Edna, the daughter of Daniel, the daughter of his father's brother. And in the sixth year, in this week, she bare him a son, and he called his name Methuselah. And he was moreover with the angels of the divine one, these six jubilees of years. Was he at some temple? Because remember, he had a city. Enoch built a city 
And the entire city was taken up from the earth and the whole group of people there were all priests. They were all of his brethren and they were 144,000. And so six jubilees of years and they showed him everything which is on the earth and in the heavens and the rule of the sun and he wrote it, he wrote it down. So yeah, the bad angels were teaching men about astrology. Well, Enoch also taught them about astrology and the true rule of the sun and the heavens. And he testified to the watchers who had sinned, not all of them had sinned, but the ones that had sinned, these were the archons that followed the devil. Remember, there, there's the, the six houses on the bottom of the wheel that turn into darkness every winter, right? And cold. And they harass mankind and make darkness and, and, and they're sent to the hell, to the bottom, under the abyss. This is an analogy about good and evil, about the world and our evolution. And so, who had sinned with the daughters of men, for these had begun to unite themselves so as to be defiled with the daughters of men, and Enoch testified against them all. So who is this person and these angels and Hebrew names and stuff? Who are they? Well, in Greek we have some of these names, like Poseidon, Atlas, Perseus, Hercules, and this kind of thing. So, who is Poseidon? Well, he's the same as Japheth, the son of Noah. Noah lived thousands of years before the flood, and Noah, his one of his sons, Japheth, ended up producing these titans that ruled. But Atlantis started going downhill after this sin, because they they had relations with this other group of people. As we've said, we have found evidence that those other group of people that were defiled or were considered wanderers or slaves, that was the sons of Cain. So Cain was a fugitive and a wanderer, and he was used as slave labor for the gods. So Plato says that Poseidon mated with a human female, he calls her Solano or Clito, and that produced Atlas. And Atlas is this... Now remember, so if Atlas is the son of Poseidon, and Atlas is Samson, and Samson's the son of Dan, then how did Dan and Poseidon end up becoming one group? That's what we want to find out. So, in one fragment... uh from some writings of a guy named Hellaniacus, writes that Poseidon mated with Solano and their son Lycus was settled by his father in the Isles of the Blessed and made immortal. Now, here he calls these islands of the sea the Islands of the Blessed, which might be also what the Greeks... Remember, the Greeks lived up there in the Islands of the Sea and they called it the Eleusinian Islands. The Eleusinian is this word where we get the Eleusinian Mysteries and as we said, Eleusis was a student of Eliu, or Elijah, as some people want to pronounce it. Well, Clito and their son Atlas, then, is the ruler of this marvelous land, they call it. But where did they get this story? Well, Pythagoras got all of these stories from Solon, and he was a high priest of Egypt. So these are the ancient teachings that the priests recorded. And today we don't have that because they burned the Alexandrian library. And they have tried to keep all of this history from us. A lot of you Christians might say, oh, well, this is ridiculous. What you're talking about is interesting. Maybe, but it's not true. You're just taking one little verse out of context in Ezekiel chapter 6. But no, what about Second Peter 2? Four, which says, if the deity spared not the angels that sinned and cast them down to hell, and that word is Hades, Tartar, actually Tartarus, which is a Greek lower realm of Hades, and deliver them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. What could this mean? It must have something literal. If Peter is a literal person, and he speaks of them as being literal angels, then they were messengers of a higher priesthood who were, yes, the gods. And so, therefore, Adam and his children down to Noah were the gods, and they did live basically forever 
until something happened. They began to have relations with the daughters of Cain, the Ijiji. And so the angels, he says, in Jude, in our Bible, Jude chapter 1, it says that the angels kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation. And he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. So we have two testimonies in the New Testament that all of this story is true. However, a person called Og and his group somehow also survived the flood. And Og somehow got through, some say on the ark, the Midrash says that maybe Og climbed onto the ark and, and wouldn't let go and just hung onto the side of the ark. I don't know about that. But it says when the when Moses sent 12 spies to survey Canaan, Caleb reported there were giants in here's what it says, Kiriat Arba, which means the city Kiriat of Arba. Well, today in Israel, they call it Hebron. And Arba and Hebra is the same word. There is a whole lot to this area called Kiryat Arba. It says they ascended by the south and came into Hebron where Ahiman, Shishai, and Talmai, the children of Anak, giants, were. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. Numbers chapter 13. So the sons the children of Anak has, has got to be, the Anunnaki has got to be Anu and Ki. So these are the sons of Noah and there are the gods. And there were certain sons and it says there were three. Elsewhere it says there were four. But here it says it names three of them and I think these are the three great pyramids that you find in Egypt. And they are monuments. You know how all these obelisks were made to be a memorial, a monument of some particular deity. Even today, we have George Washington. He's got his own monument because they deified him. They deified Abraham Lincoln. So these ancient ones were the divine beings. They practically lived forever. Or maybe they did. Until a certain point. Until they began to mix themselves with the seed of men. And they were then caught, that then caused darkness or all the mayhem, death. People began to eat flesh. This was this law of Moses where they began to believe they could kill and have wars. And so then the earth began to have darkness because the six archons on the bottom of the wheel rebelled and became dark. This is a symbol, of course, but it also is a in this esoteric wisdom, it's based on a literal story of a man called Noah and his son Japheth. So, there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. So are these three, Ahiman, Shishai, and Talmai, which is in the book of which is in the Numbers, the book of Numbers, chapter 13, it says they're the son of Anak. Or is that the sons of Noah? If so, then is Ahiman, Ham, Ahemman, and Shishai, Shem or something, and Talamai, is that Japheth or something? I'm not sure, but it's interesting. And so in Deuteronomy chapter 2, it says, it uses another word. It says the Imims. There's all, they're always plural, the M's at the end, but it's an M, Mims, dwelt in times past, a people great and many and tall as the Anakim or the Anakim, the plural sons of Anak, which also were accounted giants. Now, is it saying they were another group of giants also or they're just another tribe of the Anakim? As the Anakins, but the Moabites called them Imims, or 
is it saying that the Anakim, that's what they called it in Judea, but the Moabites called them Imims. Then in Deuteronomy, it says, that also was accounted a land of giants. Giants dwelt therein in old times, and the Ammonites called them Zamzumims. So it's, so we have in our Bible that Moses defeats this giant called Og at the Battle of Idri. And it says in Deuteronomy, Then we turned and went up the way to Bashan, and Og the king of Bashan came out against us, he and all his people, to battle at Edri. For only Og king of Bashan remained of the remnant of the giants. Behold, his bedstead was a bedstead of iron. Is it not in Rabath of the children of Ammon? Nine cubits was the length thereof, and four cubits the breadth, after the cubit of a man. Well, I don't remember exactly how tall that comes out to feet. I think it's something like 13 feet or something. So, yeah, that's a giant. But then we have other, you know, books. Some appear to be scriptural books like Jubilees or Enoch or something. It says that they were huge, like they would reach all the way to the stars or something. Huge, huge, huge. So a lot of these stories, wherever you find it, has one kind or another parabolic additions. So when you're reading in the Greek, it looks like mythology. They live thousands of years. They're gods. But when you read it in the Bible, they're just men and they only lived thousand years. Well, that's still superhuman. And, and don't think that somehow or other than it's a lie. When you teach with parables, you're not lying, but you're actually teaching something you couldn't teach in just a literal statement. Because there's a whole bunch that's in the parable there. That we can learn and we have the Bible tells us we have to learn by means of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will bring back to mind all the things in which he spoke and the things he spoke is all the scriptures because this is the word and Jesus is the word so in Deuteronomy it goes on in chapter 3 and the rest of Gilead and all of Bashan being the kingdom of Og gave I unto the half tribe of Manasseh all the region of Argob with all Bashan which was called the land of giants so the land of the giants is the area around Bashan or Mount Hermon. Mount Hermon is the highest peak on the mountain range of Bashan up there in Syria. And so in Joshua, the book of Joshua, chapter 12, it says the coast of Og, king of Bashan, which was of the remnant of the giants that dwelt at Ashtaroth and at Edri. Ashtaroth, that's the word we get where we say Esther or Estarte or something of like that sort. All the kingdom of Og in Bashan, which reigned in Ashtaroth and in Edri, who remained of the remnant of the giants, for these did Moses smite and cast them out, as it says in Joshua chapter 13. Chapter 14, it says, And the name of Hebron before was Kiriath Arba. That's the place of the four. I'm assuming it's the three sons of Anna, Anak. So that makes four. And... Arba was a great man among the Anakim, or the giants, and the land had rest from war. And in chapter 15, it says, And unto Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, he gave a part among the children of Judah, according to the commandment of the Lord, to Joshua, even the city of Arba, the father of Anak, which city is Hebron. That's interesting that this Arba, Kiriath Arba, the, the city of Arba is supposed to be the father of Anak. If Anak is Noah, who could Noah's father be? Well, Ar is always going to be light. R-A, Ra, or O-R, or A-R is always light. And Ba is the word for father, Abba. So, the father light. This is probably Adam himself. Joshua 21 says that they gave them the city of Arba, the father of Anak, which city is Hebron. So now we know that Hebron is the city of light. Now, there's another city of light you've probably heard of. Helios, or the city of Ra. Is the city of Ra the city of Ar? 
in the past, I've done some a video or two on this, and it's very interesting because underneath Kiryath Arba, there is a what is a strange word in the Hebrew, and they translated a cave, and this cave is named, and it's it's called a vortis, a cave that spirals into the center, like the hub or the center of something. And it's supposed to be the center of the world, the hub. If the other deities revolve around in a circle, like astrology, then the central place, well, in Hebrew they usually call it Gilgal, the wheel, or Galilee, the circuit. Okay, well, if Galilee is where Jesus preached, the circuit all around, what's the center? It would be the center of all the continents and land masses of the world, which is the Great Pyramids. Those are the three Great Pyramids that it named there. And the four, because of their father Arba, or the City of Light, or perhaps Noah. But who really is this giant, this Og, King of Bashan? Interesting because another one of these children up there in that Syria area was the, you know, that's given to Japheth, the Isles of the Sea. And his last kid is Gog of Magog. So Gog and Magog, and here's an Og, and it's in the same area. So as you know, in Hebrew, you read from right to left, and in other languages, you read from left to right. So it is possible that in some languages you would have you would read the, the the first letter at the end and at the beginning if it was transcribed that way. So who is Og? Well, he was in the days of Moses, but notice this in Genesis chapter 14. And there came one giant that had escaped, Og, and he told Abram the Hebrew, for he dwelt in the plain of Mamre, the Amorite brother of Eschol and brother of Aner. And these were confederate with Abram. I've said before, well, like we just got through saying, that in the Bible it looks like this little story of some or normal men wandering around with turbans on their head in a little desert, right? But in the mythology, it sounds like the gods and they're and you know they they they're in heaven and they're coming down on earth. And so all this is changed in the Bible, but. Because the Bible is telling us the actual story. And to understand what these words like angel, heaven, and, you know, defiled, and all these things mean, we have to look at the, the mythologies. So, here's another one of those places. It says, Abram was confederate. I thought he was a Bedonian running around in the desert, you know, with a couple of mules and a camel. No, Abraham was the king and he was confederate with other kings, and they had world wars. So Abraham knew Og, and Moses knew Og, and they seemed to think it was just normal that they saw these giants. Well, these giants were supposedly only 13 feet tall. Maybe Moses was five foot seven. You know, I don't know. David was uh, said to have killed Goliath, you know, a thousand A.D., much further down the road, another thousand years after Abraham. David comes along, there's still giants in the world. And David's killing giants. What are these giants, right? If, if they're some deities or, or demonic beings or, or, or heavenly, you know, aliens or something, why are they, you know, why is Uriah, who's a giant, in David's army? You know, they're still, and some of them evidently are good, right? Because Goliath was bad, he had to kill him. But Uriah was a member of David's army. And the only reason that David ended up killing him was because he married Bathsheba. And I guess you weren't allowed to marry the royal seed. I don't know. So, that kind of gives us a backdrop of what's really going on here. Who is Dan? Why does it sound like Sweden and Sidan and Danube and all this is going on? And we have good evidence that that is Dan from various sources and other histories. And then we know also that Poseidon is the child that inherited all that land. So there's something going on here. 
And we've also talked about how Dan's not mentioned in the book of Revelation. And so a lot of people believe, and so according to many Judeans and rabbis, that Dan will be the one that the Antichrist will come through. But others have said through Judah. Well, it's because Samson was both from Judah and Dan, and there's there's where the key lies. So it says in um, the book of Judges, and so 600 men from the clan of the Danites set out from Zorah and Eshtal. They went up country and encamped at Kiriath-Jerim in Judah. This is why that place to this day is called Mahana, the camp of Dan. It lies west of Kiriath-Jerim. From there they passed on to the hill country of Ephraim and came to Micah's house. The five men entered Micah's house, took the idol and the image, the ephod and the teraphim. Now an ephod is like an oracle. The means that you would divine an answer from the divine being. So they had a way then, they had all the, the, the necessary things for a religion. They had, uh, they had idols, they had oracles, and the teraphim were the idols too. And as we'll see, they also had priests. Thus they carried off the priest and things Micah had made for himself and attacked Laish, 